raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We're shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. We speak the world all this time. We shine and rise. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. Seal said it, y'all. We up, we up, we up. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope everybody is waking up. Getting on the move. If you're listening to us on the podcast, I hope that we're keeping you company in the best way possible. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, joined by DJ Nails. Happy Friday Eve, or as we call it, Thirsty Thursday. No one else calls it that but you. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody. Thirsty <laughs> Thursday. Drink a lot of beverages today on Thirsty Thursday. All right, well, Nails, what do we got going on today? A lot, there's been, this has been a lot of a week, right? Listen, this week has been stacked with a lot of stories that we're talking about. <laughs> it don't yeah. stop. It don't stop, man. We got some Black Earth news to get into. Twitter has disbanded its Trust and Safety Council. I don't even know what that means, but I know Amanda does. <laughs> yes, and I will explain it. It's important, and it's a doozy. Yeah, Larsa Pimps, uh, Pippen, Scotty Pippen's wife or ex-wife or estranged wife at this point, she's speaking out about her relationship with Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. Yeah, that's pretty weird. So we're going to talk about that creep life situation. Yeah, and also in relationship talk, we're going to discuss a woman who shares a TikTok about her boyfriend promising to marry her, but only on one condition. She had to lose weight. I just, this story just pains me. So we're going to discuss why it pains me. Yeah. <laughs> and also why it doesn't quite paint nails. But I don't want to paint nails in like an adverse way. So don't think Please that don't. he's shady. Please no, 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 no. Well, they got to stick around to find out. Like, I thought nails was. You got to stick around to find out. You got to stick around to find out. You know what else we're finding out? We're finding out more about me and nails on our little segment, Getting to Know Amanda and Nails. And we are going to answer the question, what is our most prized possession? Hmm. I gotta think about it. I think I know my answer, but I'm, yeah. So, okay. Our most prized possession. And, uh, of course, start thinking about what y'all's most prized possession is and why. And give us a call and share with us. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. You can also stay connected with us on socials at Seals Said It. And uh, that's S-E-A-L-E-S Said It. Okay? It's time to wake up. It's time to listen. It's time to laugh. And it is always time to learn. Because it's the Amanda Seals Show. What's going on? This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm your favorite comedian and neighborhood common sense specialist, Amanda Seals, joined by... The homie DJ Nails, and it's time for some Black Urit news. Let's get into our first story. All right, so Twitter, Elon's playground, they disbanded their Trust and Safety Council. Now, Amanda, can you please break this down for us? Like, what does this mean to us who really love Twitter? First of all, the Trust and Safety Council are a group of volunteers who offered the company outside expert advice about online safety. 
All right. And basically, they're saying that as Twitter moves into a new phase, we are reevaluating how best to bring external insights into our product and policy development work. All that really means is like, we don't feel like we need this right now and we don't have a replacement for it. And so basically, because of that, we're going to see the continuance of a lot of things on Twitter that have been blowing up, like the use of the N word, bullying, et cetera, that we know have no place there. So areas of focus for this council included online safety and harassment, human and digital rights, suicide prevention and mental health, child exploitation, dehumanization, and the council included groups like the Anti-Defamation League, GLAD, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. You feel me? You see what I'm saying? So like these outside organizations were providing free insights to Twitter on what they can do to help work against these social ills. And this is no longer going to be given the attention it deserves. So we're going to see more bullying. We're going to see a lot less efforts being made to keep these types of things off of the platform. Twitter just continues to do what's the word I'm looking for devolve into a cesspool so good luck to y'all who are still there keeping it going with the black Twitter content that we know and love but I do feel like it really is not operating at the level that it should be Twitter's turning into rotten.com remember that back in the day I don't, but I feel like I didn't miss out on anything. Yeah, yeah. especially you. You wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> Let's go on to our next topic. Larsa Pippen, Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Well, she's mm-hmm. speaking out on her strange relationship with Michael Jordan's son. Remember that? That's your boy. This is your boy, yeah. y'all. So just to Orlando. catch y'all up, just to catch y'all up. Uh, <laughs> Nails, not only is Michael Jordan's son like somebody that Nails knows and has hung out with, but he's actually seen Michael Jordan's son hanging out with Larsa Pippen. And also, how whack must it be to not even have a name, but to be just considered Michael Jordan's son? I know he can't stand that. I don't even know this child's name. Marcus Jordan. There we it's go. Marcus. Let's call him Marcus. 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 That's exactly what Larsa Pippen was doing. If you don't know that reference, you're too young. Okay. Too young. So tell me more, because this is this is quite the tea. Well, so Larsa Pippen is the ex-wife of Scottie Pippen. She has watched this man grow up. As you know, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, legendary tag team from the Chicago Bulls, plenty of national championships, NBA titles, MVPs of the year, uh, all-star games, everything. She's literally watched him grow up into this man that he is today and has been spotted out plenty of times and word is they banging. This is awkward. (laughs) I think awkward is a very generous term. Um, But apparently she tried to downplay it when she was on Watch What Happens Now with Andy Cohen and uh, just tried to make it like, oh, it's no biggie. But they have been doing PDA around Miami and uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of beyond awkward. I just think it's creepy. And if it was a man and a, and a, and a young woman, it would absolutely be creepy. So Definitely. I know there's certain things that have double standards, but in this case, yeah. I just feel like it's creep life. So, you know, but people going to do what they want to do. And my opinion means absolutely nothing, but it's my show. So I'm going to share it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, a woman confronts her boyfriend over a pair of sneakers that he was buying for his child while on FaceTime with his baby mom. And she was there, too. But this girl wasn't having it because she ended up having to get a second job to help him with the bills. 
It's deeper than that. We're going to talk about it next on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. I am your favorite common sense specialist, Amanda Seals, joined by DJ Nails. Happy Thursday, Thursday. I love this part of the show because we're getting to know each other a little bit more. Yeah. What's today's question? Today's question, Nails, is what is your most prized possession? Hmm. I'll start off because I am very passionate about this one. I'm sure you've learned this about me since we've started doing this show. And I remember when we did the first episode, you said, you can't tell me nothing about my other schools. But when you talk about my high school, like I have that same amount of pride in my degree. My most prized possession Hmm. is my bachelor's degree from the great Bethune-Cookman University. And it's not just because it's a, a piece of paper that said I attended a school and I, you know, uh, I'm validated uh, in communications. It's the fact that I got it from Bethune-Cookman, a school that was founded by a black woman in the segregated South in 1904. Mm-hmm. And the, the history about our school, that's, this is why we have so much pride in our HBCUs, because Bethune-Cookman is a school that we learn our founders started the school on a, a, a dump. It literally was a dump. She bought it for a dollar and 50 cents. And she I made never that knew money. that. Yeah, she made that money by selling sweet potato pies to construction workers in Daytona back in uh, 1904. And she she found the school, uh, well, the plot of land. It was a dump. And she started her school with three little things, five girls, her faith in God, and a dollar and 50 cent. And that is why right. I love my degree so much. That's my most prized possession. All right. Listen possession. <laughs> What's yours? Okay, uh, my most prized possession, I would say, well, first of all, I'm a cancer, so (laughs) everything is a prized possession, okay? (laughs) Uh, Everything, I care about everything that I own. Um, But I would would have to say my most prized possession would be my painting that I did called From the Womb to the Boom. Mm. And... The reason why it's my most prized possession is because I feel like it was the first painting I did that really illuminated like, oh, this is your style. And I was playing around with painting and stuff before that for years, but it wasn't until I painted From the Womb to the Boom that it was like, oh, this is how Amanda Seals paints. And like it evolved from there to my painting style. And I just feel like if something, I was trying to think of like how I would determine my most prized possession. I was like, okay, if something happened, what what would I like not re- get over if something mm-hmm. got like ruined, right? Oh, and it's okay. like, yes. yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or if I lost it. Now, actually, I have a Grenada necklace. I have a necklace with a Grenada charm on it. And my mom, it, it's my mom's Grenada charm though. And I lost it earlier this year for six months. And it was like, it kept haunting me. Like, Yikes. I thought I would get over it, and I kept being upset. And my mom had, like, replaced the charm. And I'm like, but it's not the charm that you had when you was, you know, yeah, growing yeah, up. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's now this is just a fake one. Like, it's, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but then I found it in a, in a, jack, in a uh, pants pocket randomly, like, in New Jersey. Typical. So I will say <laughs> that, like, this is also a prized possession. But the from, the from the Womb to the Boom painting is really, like, if, that, if something happened to that, I would be devastated. Like, I would legit be devastated. Because yeah. that's like something that just defines who you are as an artist. 
Yes, I think that's really what it is. And it's like it can't be recreated. Like it's it you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if I even if this wasn't my mom's charm, like she got me a charm that looked just like it, you know? But like there's no a painting is a frozen space in time. Like yeah. that was I painted that painting in two thousand and four when I first moved to Harlem and I graduated from SUNY Purchase and I remember painting it at like the little kitchen table that we had that we got from the street. So there's that. Um, so those are, those are our prized possessions. So, but I love that we both prize things that are personal more than material. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. We get all of them. We get all the sound just, effects. Yeah, yeah. Don't you just love us, guys? Don't you just love us? Yeah, you do. You do. Well, we love y'all, so make sure you continue to call us up at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. We're going to take some calls when we come back, so don't go anywhere. This is The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. We're back here on this Friday Eve on The Amanda Seals Show. Nails here, and that is Amanda Seals. Always stay connected with the show. And you can hit us up anytime at 855-262-6328. Again, that's 1-855-AMANDA-8. Now, we have a few callers who have something to say uh, about the discussion that we had about the woman who confronted her man buying sneakers for his kid that he already pays a lot of money and child support for. Let's get to this call. I just wanted to say, as a baby mama myself, I have a feeling that it's him giving attention to his baby mama instead of his woman. And if he were giving her the attention that she is asking for, then the money wouldn't be an issue. I think that there's something else going on underneath the surface of disrespect. Now, in normal cases, no, I don't think a new girlfriend should be determining what uh, I, what he buys for his child. But if it's my finances into question as well, then yes, I'm going to have a say in it. Because if yes. you're using my money to buy this expensive ass gift for these kids, and I had to get another job to help you pay the bills, and you're wasting money frivolously, that's a problem. Frivolously? You better say frivolously. Oh, we frivolous. love a vocab word. word here Big at the Amanda Seal Show. <laughs> Let me see how much I love our callers, yo. Like, y'all really be listening and calling in. I'll, I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. <laughs> like, I just, I love it so much. And I love just how y'all, like, be so thoughtful in your responses, you know, because... It's so easy to just like jump to conclusions or be about just like the conflict. But both of these callers had valid points, which is like, okay, in certain scenarios. And what that what that highlights for me, Nails, is that these listeners understand nuance. And I love that people are understanding nuance because it is an incredibly important part of critical thinking to understand nuance. And nuance just means the uniqueness of a situation, right? And in this situation right here, I do think I'm with the first caller who said, there's something beneath the surface of disrespect. Okay? Y'all better be here with the word. There was a frivolous was a vocab, and then she gave me the poetics. There's something beneath the surface of disrespect. The listen, laugh, and learn is not just a saying. It's really what we do over here every single morning. You heard me? So make sure you stick around with us right here at the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. 
Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Uh, we ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. Uh, we speak the world. Thursday. I am Amanda Seals. Welcome to the Amanda Seals Show. I get so much energy when I do this show. Like, for real. Like, I know that I thought, I thought maybe by doing it every day, I would be like, ooh, it's, it's Thursday. God dang. No, no we get that no. recharge because listening to these listeners, when they call in and they talk to us and you understand that, like, yo, they're really listening, listening on the podcast and in Word. Philly and in Jersey. Like, that's that boost of energy that you get every morning. You know what the other boost of energy is, Nails? What's that? The fact that every day something is happening. Every day. <laughs> and uh, and we just got to talk about it because every day there is always... All these idiots talking a bunch of garbage. Yes, Mom. And so we got to talk about it. So tell me what's going on in Black Eric News this hour. Our first story is going to be, thankfully, people of Georgia stepped up in that runoff with Herschel Walker and Reverend Warnock. But, um, man, we got some best of hits from Herschel Walker. You gotta hear this. <laughs> it's basically, like, the best of his worst. And I think maybe some of y'all only heard, like, little bits and pieces, but now you get to hear the full scope of this clown Mageddon of a person uh, in this little in this little clip that we that we got from uh, the Lincoln Project. So can't wait to share that with y'all. What else we got going on? Megan Thee Stallion, she took the stand and broke down in this Tory Lane's trial. We'll break down all what happened, and you'll hear it from someone who was in the courthouse. Ooh, so they was, they wasn't just here for the tea. They was in the tea. They was in the tea cup. Okay, mm-hmm. stirring it up. What else do we got going on? Um, some sad, unfortunate news. We're gonna talk about Stephen Twitch Boss, um, the suicide. Um, it's the holiday season, and depression is real. And you never know what people are dealing with. And um, we're gonna unpack his story and hopefully help someone who needs the help that's listening right now. That is a fact. We definitely are going to do that. And I hope that we are, are helping folks every day right here at the Amanda Seal Show. We have the um, Big Up Let Down for you, as we do every day, except for Friday. So this will be the last Big Up Let Down of the week. And you got to stick around to find out who is going to get the props, who's going to get the blows. And uh, I know you want to know. I wonder who you all think is going to be. Well, stick around to find out. Also, make sure to stick around on social media. Steel Set is where you can follow us and drop your two cents there. Or you can give us a call at one 855 8 That's 1-855-262-6328. Listen, laugh, and learn, y'all. It is the Amanda Seals Show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It is your favorite common sense specialist, Amanda Seals. I am here with... Nails, and it's time for some Black Urit news. And first topic, Herschel Walker. Thank God we sent RIP to his political campaign and his political career. He lost the Georgia runoff. And I don't think our listeners understand really quick how close we were to a clown show in the Senate. Listen to this. To be a senator, you have to know some stuff. No, Cain kill Abel. You know, and uh, you know, that's the problem that we have. Do you know we're the greatest country in the United States? 
if that is true, why are there still AIDS? Think about it. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Do you know that? What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women that's looking at uh, just social media? How can he keep the almighty oath to the almighty God and he keep it for them? He hasn't kept it for neither nobody. Oh. This erection is about the people. This erection is about the people. <laughs> I knew that was a favorite one. <laughs> this erection is about the people, boy. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I just, I just want to once again rewind and thank everybody who went out to vote and prevent this clown mageddon from having six years in the freaking Senate. Uh, I think that would have just made just such a mockery of our already very belabored and questionable government and legislative system. So good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, I'm still blown away that 1.7 million people voted for him. But that's a whole nother topic. Maybe they're Twilight fans. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) they're Twilight fans. So, uh, speaking of a faulty justice system and legislative system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, some folks who are in the midst of the justice system right now are Megan the Stallion and Tory changing lanes. Uh, oh, what God. is... <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know what to... I, did. I just wanted to find something to say with lanes. So, what's going on? What's the update in the, in the court room? Well, Megan, she took the stand and testified in front of the court, and there was somebody who was in that room who's given us... A, a real what what they could in, in person uh, testimony account. themselves yeah yeah a real account there we go that's the word <laughs> listen to this part of the questions about Tory Lanes she testified that she knew him only for a short time leading up to this incident they were friends she was asked were you intimate she said yes she was asked were you exclusive she said quite happily no they then they asked her about her relationship with Kelsey she said that she's known Kelsey since freshman year of college how do you know her how would you describe the relationship I found her answer very interesting she said I quote we did everything together They asked her, hey, how do you feel about being here today? She was struggling through the testimony. I was a little surprised at her answer. She said, I don't feel good. I can't believe I have to come do this. Not really sounding like a victim to me. She's a strong black woman. That's the image that the jury, I think, would have gotten of her. And I expected her to say something more like, I'm here for justice. I'm here to tell my truth. That man shot me. They asked her about when they left the party and when Tori got there. So she explained that initially she had gotten there with a larger group of people. Then later she asked Tori to come. By the time Tori got there, it was a lot fewer people. And then towards the end of the night, they asked her who was left. And she said it was basically just me, Tori and Kelsey. And then we got in the pool. Then she said that when they were in the pool, her wig started getting loose. It was coming off. She felt uncomfortable. So she wanted to leave. She told Kelsey, her and Kelsey went to the driver and said, hey, we want to leave. And this brings up the first point of contention where, according to Meg, the driver said, I won't leave without Tori. Now, obviously, Tori's team says Meg said she won't leave without Tori. And then the, the person actually at the defense attorney asked, well, why? didn't Tori want to leave and everybody was waiting for the answer to that question because that's the whole Kylie Jenner angle unfortunately the defense objected the judge said sustained she didn't answer the question why didn't Tori leave the whole situation in the car she testified that hey look we all got in the car I got out an argument started to break out 
basically Tory started the argument. I was shocked when she dropped and admitted that this argument started with Tory saying to Meg, hey, why are you snaking your friend like this? And basically revealing that he had hooked up with both of them, that they had been cheated on by him. And this sort of led into the whole big fight. Do you see my eyes? <laughs> this, <laughs> it's like, uh, this, is, this is like trapped in a closet. Uh, I mean, it's riveting stuff, riveting stuff. No, R. Kelly. Uh, but I just, I don't, I, mm. Riveting, riveting stuff. That's what I got to say about it. Well, you remember, though, from what he just said, Megan admitted that she had sexual relation and sexual contact with Tory Lanez. But I remember this interview that Gail King did on CBS. But Gail, she said, Gail no. King asked her, did you have an intimate relationship? And she she Bill Clinton did. OK, uh-huh. because Gail, Gail King didn't ask her, did you have sex with Tory Lanez. She asked that you have an intimate relationship. Now, what in a relationship constitutes is more than once. Mm, so it's just a one-night stand, probably. Perhaps a drunk night stand. Perhaps. Mm. So there's the loophole there, okay? Because if someone... There, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of... Like, I don't, I've never had a one-night stand, but there's been people where, like, we hooked up once, you know? And even though, like, mm. I saw them... After that, and, you know, we may have went out again, and I outdated it. But, like, I wouldn't have called it an intimate relationship. Uh, I would have just been like, I mean, we had a smash moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, it's interesting you say it like that. So, I didn't see it from that perspective. But that's interesting. Thank you for that. The, you got to see it. You got, As my mother would say, you got to think legally. Oh. You got to think legally. So, when you think legally, you're like, oh, well, there's a loophole right there. And then she just, boop. Went through it. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, now, coming up next, uh, we're going to have to take things down a, a, a notch and uh, show our love to DJ Steven Twitch Boss, who lost his life to suicide. And, you know, it is the holiday season, guys, and depression is real. And even just the seasonal depression of just winter is real. And uh, you never know what people are dealing with. You never know. Behind the TikToks, behind the smiles, behind all that, people got a lot going on. And we're going to unpack it when we get back. So hopefully we can help some folks who need some support. Stick around right here to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show, y'all. Uh, I'm Amanda Seals and uh, chilling with the homeboy. DJ Nails. Um, let's just jump into this one because you have an, a personal experience around this man right here that we're about to speak about in honor. Yeah, you know, it was just, it was incredibly jarring and sad is, is not enough of a word, um, but just incredibly devastating to wake up and see that Twitch had taken his life. And I think, you know, there's there's a whole other level of tragedy that comes when, like, there's specific ways that people pass. You know what I mean? It's like... There's there's the there's when you when you feel like someone passed before their time because someone took someone else took their life, you know, due to negligence or violence, et cetera. There's the the, there's someone passing because of the illness and just what they've had to go through in that regard. Right. And then when it comes to suicide, you know, for so long, the stigma around suicide um, was really damning. And I'm really I must say, though, what I've seen in the response 
to this horrible news is much more of a compassionate and um, empathetic view to folks who take their lives because we have to understand that you never know what people are dealing with. And I did a video on my Instagram where I just talked about the fact that like you just don't it don't matter how much money you have. It don't matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter how much fame you have. Like when you're dealing with demons or you're dealing with depression um, and you are unable to really manage it and it gets the best of you. It's it's beyond your control for a lot of people. And we've seen so many people at the height of success go this route and we've seen so many folks who nobody even considered celebrities going this route but a lot of it is because so many of us hold our we hold our feelings in we are people pleasers right we don't want to burden anybody with our struggles or with our frustrations I mean I think I talked about this before but like in my 20s I used to really struggle with like bouts of depression and they were out of my control like they would just happen and my mom, I feel like for a long time, kind of like took it personal, you know, like she mm-hmm. kind of felt like I was either like, I think she took it as a reflection of like her, like not being a good mom or something. And then in truest Indian fashion, that would then come back to me as anger. And yeah. it took a minute for her to like understand that this has nothing to do with you. And it also is something that I can't even like really control and 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 I think I kind of grew out of it but some of us don't and sometimes you know whether it's the meds or your support system there's there's just a lot that comes over us and we want to extend to you all that there's a number that you can call it's 988 and I never knew about this this is the things I learned this week I did not know that they have a suicide uh, prevention hotline it's called the lifeline and you dial 988 it's just three numbers 988 And you can have uh, someone listen to you objectively and share your your thoughts. And I think a lot of folks don't understand the power of getting what's on your heart off your chest and speaking the words out loud. Like our brains can be real playgrounds for our own demise. And if you if you aren't ready to call that I hope that you at least will write your thoughts down sometimes when you write things out it's just like it's just like nails it's just like the exercise of getting things out and um, this is the time of year where people are you know having to deal with family they're having to deal with trauma coming up they're having to deal with just even maybe their flip of it the loneliness you know the pressure etc and I, I just want everybody out there who's listening and maybe dealing with this, to to really seek professional help in any way that you can. There's BetterHelp, which is a uh, therapy, um, online therapy service that allows you to connect with a therapist online. It's also far more inexpensive than uh, therapists for a lot of people who are dealing with their insurance or who don't have insurance. And of course, there is 988, which is you calling a lifeline of people who have been trained to communicate with you and connect with you and hopefully help you get over the hump. I'd like to add this one more thing before we wrap up. This is also our responsibility as well as people to remember to be nice to everybody because you just don't know. We have a responsibility, a moral responsibility to make sure people around us are feeling like they're loved. It is hard when people are, 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 are really stank. Um, but you never know sometimes why somebody's being sick. Now it's different if they call you the N word. In which case, let it loose, let it fly. Okay, let it let it fly. Where's the cowbell? Where's the cowbell? Let it's it right fly. Here. It's right here. <laughs>
Don't think that you got to hold back on that one. All right, now. All right. We want to send our love to Twitch's family and yeah. to his friends and to everyone who's who's going to miss him, me included. Uh, rest in peace, brother. When we come back, we're going to go into the Big Up Let Down. Stay right here to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's time for the Big Up Let Down on the Amanda Seal Show. Show. My name is Amanda Seals. I'm joined by the homeboy DJ Nails. And it's time to get into our and our today's goes to Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, who settled two lawsuits against the city of Louisville over the botched raid at his apartment that took her life more than two years ago. Walker's attorneys say he will get two million dollars from Louisville over his state and federal suits filed against the city. Once of his, one of his lawyers, Steve Ramirez, said Brianna's death will, of course, haunt Kenny for the rest of his life. He will live with the effects of being put in harm's way due to a falsified warrant, to being a victim of a hailstorm of gunfire, and to suffering the unimaginable and horrific death of Brianna Taylor. Now, Kenneth claimed that the police violated his rights by not announcing themselves in 2020. And when they came in, he fired a gun thinking that somebody was intruding in his house, which he had every right to do. After insisting that they knocked and announced themselves several times, a handful of Louis PD, Louisville PD officers breached the premises. Kenneth opened fire. Here we go. There we go. We know that's not the truth, right? The no-knock warrants fell under a microscope. We've seen that that has now been taken off the table, but none of the officers involved were criminally charged in direct connection to Brianna's death, only for conduct related to the case, like wanton endangerment. Now, we did see that the DOJ said that they're going to actually try and do something about this, but we haven't heard anything more about that. So we just wanted to give a big up, big up. to Kenneth for getting this money, but we do know it's what I call a Pyrrhic victory, and it's a Pyrrhic victory because the loss is far greater than the gain but at least there's a certain semblance of justice that he will get from this. It's time for the let down. Let down. I just found this out. And I mean, it doesn't really affect me because I live in California, but the let down is that New York city is the latest city to be a total drag by canceling snow days. Whack. That's whack. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, snow days was like a whole thing growing up, right? Like just the, yep. the crossing your fingers like, are they going to cancel school? Are they going to cancel school? And this gut dang pandemic done ruined it for everybody. New York City's Department of Education Chancellor David C. Banks said that New York City public school students should be ready to attend class via virtual learning on days when snowfall would normally call for a snow day. Sorry, kids. It's like, it's like. All the traditions that we grew up with are, like, disappearing. You remember waking up in the morning and looking at the news and just looking at the bottom of the ticker to see if Orange County's public schools are canceled for the day yes. and stuff like that? Remember that? Because I wonder, no do, I mean, they don't get that no more either, even for, no. for storms? Dang. No, they get, like, text messages now and stuff. <laughs> but you know what it means? It means that they're going to get out earlier at the end of the year because those days used to get tacked on at the That's end. That's right. That's right? right. It's not like it just dissolved. It's not just so that's the silver lining. That is the silver lining. And and the pandemic taught us that learning can take place anywhere. So this is what it is. Now, New York State students have to attend school 180 days a year. So this is like, okay, you're gonna attend them days in real time. <laughs> you're gonna get them. <laughs> now, get I wonder if it extends to colleges. Because when I went to SUNY Purchase, 
man, we used to be like, please, please, no class, please, please, no class. And they don't make up those classes. Like, that's just a wrap. I, mm-hmm. I think I think the public schools will go on the, uh, the the state schools will go on the same as the public schools. And I think Dang. private schools go on their own. Ah, so colleges are going virtual. Sorry, y'all. We actually have that. (laughs) Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. I don't know what else you got <laughs> in that damn right. stand. Man. You got that everything. Is, <laughs> that is today's. Big up, big up. And make sure you stick around for tomorrow because we don't have a big up letdown, but we will have uh, things I learned this week. Okay, so find out what I learned this week. All right, that's how it's going down right here at the Amanda Seals Show. Don't go nowhere. The Amanda Seals Show. We we up, we up. We're back here on this Friday Eve on the Amanda Seals Show. It's Nails and Amanda Seals. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Seals Said It. And you can give us a call at 855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. All right. So yesterday, we talked about those Atlanta nurses that got fired for posting this TikTok video. And this listener that's on the phones right now, she has something to say. Good morning, Amanda. Right now in my work truck, listening to you guys. Radio. And My bad, bro. I really feel like them women should have very disrespectful. And like you said, you have people that come in and dealing with all, have all types of feelings and dress, stuff of that nature. So for them to get on there and voice their ick, very disrespectful. I love you guys. I just love that we be having brothers calling in, yo. <laughs> This is a work. He's in his work truck. Is this the cable man? <laughs> I don't know. Whoever did you hear him in the background on the, on the radio? <laughs> I love it. No, I really I agree with him, and I also just appreciate the thoughtfulness around this. Like these are like people are coming in to in, in like the most vulnerable state, right? And so like there's a heightened state of anxiousness and vulnerabilities. No wonder that they're going to be, you know, maybe asking questions that have already been answered. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe they're going to be coming to the nurse's station, even though you've already told them to buzz. You know, I think a lot of times it's just like it maybe maybe we'll get better service if we go and see the person versus just buzzing. Right. Right. So I agree. I, and, and, and I love the fact that when he pointed out the fact that he said, I'm talking the fact X, he said X and put emphasis on it. It's like, well, he got these X. Like mm-hmm. they just, they knew what their intentions were to go viral. And guess what? You got what you asked for. Dang, that is what they was trying to do, wasn't it? They was trying to go viral. Y'all got to stop with this internet, okay? Yeah. Keep it in the group chat. When someone says, do it for the gram, say, I'm not going to do it. Just hey. do that, all right? <laughs> all right. Now, coming up, are any of you out there thinking about buying a new home? Or maybe you have a home and you may have been lowballed, uh, which could have cost you thousands of dollars in wealth, may have even cost you the opportunity to get your next home. We're going to break it all down next right here on the Amanda Seals Show. So stick around. This is the learning part of the live, laugh, and learn that we be talking about. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up.
is how we're doing it. This is how we do it. Every morning we wake up on a high vibration. We get y'all cracking. Shout out to all of our podcast listeners and everybody listening around the world. We love you here at the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals. What's going on, Nails? Oh, we getting into some Black Year news this hour. The first topic is going to be overseas. After keeping Mm. the country shut in for three years, China is having the COVID outbreak that we had in America in 2020 and 2021. That's wild. And by the way, China started to say that they only had 5,000 COVID cases since 2020. And that is a big bunch of BS. And we don't believe you. You need more people. What else we got coming up? Diddy, who announced a new baby over the weekend, he came to us. Well, I'm not going to call it a side piece because he cleared that up. <laughs> Young Miami's defense on Instagram and on Twitter. We're going to got to get into that. <laughs> he actually came up with a whole new name of classification. So stick around to find out what that is. Also, if you own a home or you tried to sell your home and uh, you're a person of color, you may have been lowballed in the appraisal. And we're going to tell you all about it when we get back with documentary filmmaker and journalist Julian Glover, who breaks it down. All right. Stay connected with us 24-7 on all socials at Seal Said It. And give us a call at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. Listen, laugh, and learn. We got all the tea and we got the knowledge right here at the Amanda Seal Show. Welcome back. Shout out to everybody out there checking in with us here at the Amanda Seal Show, doing our best every day to keep y'all in the know on everything from pop culture to, well, Sports. everything in the world. Yeah, to sport. <laughs> I love that part of the song. Sports. So, uh, DJ Nails, can you give us some Black Hearing news? Yep, our first topic. So, the origins of COVID. The, the, the country that it originated in is going through it now. What we had happen in 2020 and 2021, there's some outbreaks over in China after shutting the country in for over three years. Now, we actually reported a few weeks ago uh, that there were people turning up in China because they were so tired of being shut in. And there was a very, like, zero tolerance policy going on where, like, I think I told you that uh, there was, like, someone who left a Disney World and tested positive on the exit. And they actually, like, shut everyone into the Disney World and they just had to stay there until they were quarantined out. People People were committing suicide. You know, it's just, it's a very... Quarantine hit people in a real way. So think about them who've still been in quarantine. And the biggest thing is that they never got a vaccine. So they didn't want to utilize Western medicine and they wanted to get their own vaccine, but apparently they didn't. And so they have a very, very small amount of people who are vaccinated. And uh, this is going to end up being a huge problem for them because they don't even have herd immunity. Um It's just, it's literally, it's what they feared. The impact of the outbreak in the city is like very visible. There used to be bustling shops and restaurants and it's looking like it did in March of 2020 in the States where everything Mm. was shut down and it's a deserted, you know, ghost town. So let's send our love out to the the folks in China. I think, you know, there's definitely a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a stigma that comes with China that a lot of it has to do with their leadership and not to do with the actual people. So we want to always remember to, you know, show love to the people, even though their leadership may be making decisions that are 
negative across the nation, across the world, etc. So the stubbornness, the stubbornness of their leaders is what has them in this situation. So shout out to China, and I'm, I'm hoping for their sake that this doesn't last as long as it did over here. Now, something that's lasting much longer than I think any of us really may have thought it would is Diddy and Young Miami. Yeah, uh, definitely. Can you, can you catch us up? <laughs> yeah, so we know the story. Over the weekend, Diddy ended up revealing that he had a new baby girl, and it was from a one-night stand. Uh, security, cyber security specialist or something like that over in California. So it started this whole back and forth on social media. Everybody's trying to call Young Miami Diddy's side chick because he had a main chick, and Diddy cleared the air on social media. He came on the twits and said, Young Miami is not my side chick. Never has been, never will be. She's very important and special to me. I don't play about my shorty walk. I don't discuss things on the internet and will not start today. Take that, take that, take that. <laughs> uh, these remarks were basically just aimed at DJ Academics, who don't never shut his mouth. And uh, he joked about Puff Daddy's ability to father a child while also being linked to other women in his life and then, you know, coined them as side chicks. But the fact of the matter is Diddy has been around the world. Yeah, and if Carisha likes it, we love it. Okay? We love it. So there you have it. And Shoddy Wap is now probably going to be used by many as a new classification for someone who's like, you know, it's like, like they like, you know, they like, they, they my, they my chick, but not my chick, but like, my you Shoddy know. Wap. My they need to go ahead and add that into Merriam Wex's dictionary on 2023 edition. <laughs> I thought I was your Shoddy Wop. Oh, I can hear it now. Somebody's in the studio right now making a song called Shoddy Wop. I'm gonna make you my Shoddy Wop. So, uh, all right, Amanda. I think we Listen, need to get in the studio and make that. I mean, Nails, you be showing off them pipes, okay? Y'all don't know. Nails, Nails can blow. He be showing it off every so often, but I, I be hearing it. I be hearing it. Now, if you uh, have been thinking about buying a home, or if you already bought a home, or if you own a home, basically, if you're in real estate and you're a person of color, you may have been lowballed. And we're going to discuss what that means when we come back right here to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning, y'all. Welcome back right here to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm your neighborhood common sense specialist, Amanda Seals, joined by... DJ Nails right here. And we got a guest, Amanda. We do. I love when we have a guest. Uh, we have... Journalist and now documentarian Julian Glover, named after Julian Bond, by the way, uh, joining us here to talk about this dope ABC documentary, Lowballed. And for anybody uh, who has either tried to buy a house or who works in real estate, you know that appraisals is a big part of the process. And I don't know, but I've been hearing this story quite a bit, even just recently, about black folks getting lowballed in their appraisals. So I love that you've actually put this all together in a documentary. Can you please just give us some insight into what appraisals are and why this topic was even necessary for you to get digger to dig deeper into? 
For sure. The appraisal system, right, is really a black box. You know, I've bought and sold a property, but I'll be honest with you, until about two years ago when I really started reporting on this, I didn't really exactly know what the appraisal was, what exactly you needed. You just know it's one of the things you got to do in order to get your property, right? Uh, but like you said, Amanda, we've been hearing more and more stories of black families, of our Latino Latinx brothers and sisters who've been trying to purchase a home or refinance their home mm -hmm. mortgage. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And they're getting lowballed by tens of thousands, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars in that appraisal. And you likely know the story of this incredible black couple here in Marin City, California. That's just about five miles north of San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge. They're really like the bedrock of their community in Marin City. The husband, uh, Paul Austin, has this incredible after-school program, making sure black and brown youth have a place to go and something to do after they get home from school. Uh, the wife, Tanisha Tate Austin, was in elementary and middle school principal. Now she runs her own DEI company, helping school districts make sure they're doing what they need to do yeah. to make sure our black and brown youth are included. So they're just incredible people. And you might remember their story of how they were lowballed almost half a million dollars right. on their home appraisal. How do they know they were lowballed after getting that appraisal that they knew was too low when they were trying to refinance their existing mortgage on their property in Marin City, California? They had one of their really good friends, who's white, step in for them in the subsequent home appraisal took down all of their family photos. Their that was artwork. the part that was crazy for me, Julian, because I forgot that they would even have to go to that far lengths. Like, in my mind, it was like, oh, they just brought Susie in and she just, you know, talked to the people. But no, they had to erase themselves from their own home. Amanda, it's even deeper than that. They were going through and hiding hair products. You, and you, and you, come on, and you know how it is with us. We got a lot of stuff right, to make sure we're like, doing what we Susie need to does do. Not use luster pink moisturizer. <laughs> Get this out of here. <laughs> so everything. I mean, I'm talking about hair products, clothing, right? Hiding the stilettos. I mean, all of it. Mm -hmm. And then when they had their friend Jan stand in for that subsequent appraisal, the appraised value jumped half a million dollars. That was the first report that I did on this topic in February of 2021. I clipped like 23 seconds of that interview, put it on my Twitter, went viral. Mm -hmm. We're talking millions of views, tens of thousands of right. retweets. And then what happened was families from all across the country, not just the Bay Area, were reaching out and saying, yo, I think this happened to me too. I think I've also wow. been hit with an appraisal that was far lower than expected. You know, more than half a dozen families' stories told later, we took this story all the way to the White House uh, with the Biden-Harris administration and the halls of Congress to try and get some true change on this. Now, uh, let me take a step back and explain the appraisal process, right, for folks I, who wait, like- Can I just say for one second, though, that me. I need y'all to know that Jan had to pretend that her name was Tanisha. And the humor for me to see someone <laughs> named Jan have to be Tanisha, <laughs> like, it's not like her name was Soraya or something. Like, she has the most plainest white lady name ever. And she's like, hello, my name is Tanisha. Yes, welcome to my home. Okay. Exactly. And it's like, you know, texting Tanisha during the appraisal, as you, as you saw in the documentary, yeah, you know, Amanda yeah, saying, hey, are the countertops quartz? Like, uh, where's the water heater? You know, trying to pretend like she lives 
lived in this home. Uh, but again, so the appraisal, real quick, is uh, so if you're going to purchase a property, right, and property prices, as we know in California, especially in the Bay Area, are ridiculous. So let's say we find us a nice piece of property in Oakland. We're trying to buy it for $1.2 million. Yes, that's how much the properties cost uh, in the town. So um, say you are going to bring, you know, $100,000 to the closing table. So that means you have $1.1 million that you're going to the bank and you're saying, hey, I need a mortgage for this. I, I don't have more than a million dollars to put down cash. What can I do? Um, and then what happens is the bank sends out an appraiser to make sure the home is actually worth that much money. Right. So if the appraisal only comes in for a million dollars and you need it for 1.1 million, if you don't have that extra dollar to bring to the table, you don't get the loan. It's essentially dead. The same thing happens when you're trying to refinance your property, right? So you're trying to save money on that mortgage uh, every month. The interest rates were historically low during COVID, yes. right? Mm -hmm. 2020, 2021. I mean, that's when interest I rates. Come on. We haven't seen interest rates like that in decades. And so everyone was trying to refinance and save money. That's why a lot of black and brown families, unfortunately, found themselves on the receiving end of low appraisals and they couldn't get those refis. So we're going to talk more about this uh, on the other side. I also want you to tell people where they'll be able to get this, uh, this special as well. So we're on with Julian. We're going to talk more about appraisals up next on The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to The Amanda Seal Show. We are here with Julian Glover, journalist and documentarian. Just put out the ABC documentary, Lowballed, chronicling the... Ridiculous and racist practice of lowballing Black and Latinx homeowners in their appraisals, ultimately affecting them being able to refinance their home, being able to purchase homes, and being able to sell homes at the at the property value that is deserving. And of course, we know that when we see this, it's a part of a system that has continuously kept Black folks and Latinx folks from being able to advance and closing out that wealth gap. And we know that that is a part of a systemic and institutionalized effort of racism. How much of that did you discover in the process of this documentary? So much of it. it one of the most eye-opening things for me is just realizing the continuation of historical racist housing practices like uh, restrictive covenant, right? When you have a line in your deed saying you can't sell this to a person of color, uh, mm. to redlining. You know, these were practices that were outlawed more than 50 years ago with the passage of the Fair Housing Act in 1968, but they're still having an effect on the appraised home values, yes. just the values in general, right, that we're seeing in our black and brown neighborhoods today. So this is truly systemic. And there is a through line that goes back generations that allowed white folks to be able to purchase property, get decent interest rates on those mortgages and all of those things. And where we had our, our black and brown folks, we weren't able to get that finance and we weren't able to uh, realize the full American dream of home ownership. You know, as we know in this country, the number one way to build wealth is through yeah. owning property and then passing that nest egg on from you to your future generations. So when we aren't getting our homes valued for what they should be, we're essentially being cheated out of that yeah. American dream. You know, one of the things that really struck me was there was a, a woman in the documentary, I really apologize, her name slips my mind right now, but she said that when they're creating the housing zones, any zones that have any percentage of black people are considered a hazard zone. And so there's an association that wherever black people are is violence. And she said a quote, she said, it's the systemic institutionalized association between race and risk. Mm. 
That was and Lisa was Rice like, right there. Yes. Lisa Rice, baby! With the National Fair Housing Alliance. Yes. Uh, she is such a wealth of knowledge. She dropped so many gems in that interview. I wish I could have put more of it out, right? So folks could really pick up what she was putting down. Um, and that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, when we go back to these redlining maps, and I encourage all of your listeners, Amanda, you know, Google redlining maps and wherever the city that you're in, redlining maps, Oakland, redlining maps, Los Angeles, redlining maps, Philly, redlining maps, Atlanta, okay? And see what these maps were showing and how it's still shaping what your community looks like almost 100 years after these maps were created and 50 years after these maps were outlawed. Well, I'm the only... uh black family in my neighborhood, so I just made this a hazard zone for y'all. <laughs> well, we got more to talk to Julian Glover about. Nails, I know, has a bunch of questions, and we're going to get into that on the podcast, so make sure you check out the podcast, The Amanda Seals Show. Julian, where can people check out this necessary documentary, especially people who are homeowners or anybody who wants to get into real estate or if you want to get into appraising, because we need some black and Latinx appraisers. We certainly do. So you can go to lowbald.abc, lowbald.abc, and watch it there on the website. Also, if you have Hulu, search Our America on Hulu. Look for the Lowbald installation, and you'll be able to watch the full episode right there. All right. Now stick around with us. We got more Amanda Seal Show for you. Don't go nowhere. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Julian Glover, who really is giving all of us a very much needed lesson on um, appraising. And I would love for you to just talk to us about what, what I learned in this documentary, which is basically that when it comes to the appraisers, they basically all just white men. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, an industry that is upwards of 96% white, 70% male, Obviously, I don't need to tell you that. It looks nothing like what America looks like today. It's not like uh, what America looked like yesterday or a decade before that. Um, but this is a profession that is really homogenous. In other words, it's not diverse at all. Uh, one of the reasons is that, and this comes directly from one of the experts, Jillian White, who is an appraiser who's a black woman, I will note that her family has also been hit with a lowball appraisal. And she is an appraiser, okay? Wow. Uh, she said that this is often a profession that's passed down from grandfather to father yes. and from father to son. Okay. Uh, I mean, you have to keep in mind the way you get into this profession, you have to have more than a thousand hours of supervised training from an existing appraiser. So it's almost like an apprenticeship. You have to have an appraiser take you under their wing. Um, which is really difficult for especially black women like Jillian White, who's in the documentary, to get into the field. She had to go to the incredible length, and I know this will resonate with a lot you know, of, of black and brown folks out there, of changing her name on her resume just so she would start getting some callbacks. And then yeah, when she, you know... <laughs> Went to meet an appraiser uh, who at first was really excited to see Jay White. She shows Wait, up at the door. Don't, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't give it away, Julian. <laughs> you have to watch the documentary. To I know. I know. You're right. You're right. We're giving them too much. We're giving them too much. What the appraiser did when Julian got to the door. And let me tell you, it's worth watching to hear because I think for so many of us, um, you know, we are in our own fields and we just think like we're, we're the only ones dealing with, you know, the discrimination or the microaggressions, et cetera, et cetera. This is a whole field that, you, like you, I, I bought a house, but I 
I did not think of the appraising process this deeply, and I didn't even know that it was independent. Like, I thought they were part of the bank. So they were until the Dodd-Frank legislation uh, to try and fix the housing market after the big housing bust about, I guess, 15 years ago, right at this point. And that separated the appraisers from the lenders. Uh, And so now they are actually contracted through what are called appraisal management companies or AMC. So essentially the bank picks up the phone is like, hey, we need somebody to go appraise this property at, you know, one, two, three Oakland Lane. You know, who's willing to do it? Let's get some bids. And they go through this process of accepting bids for the work. And, you know, these appraisers that are essentially a lot of times working for themselves are contacted and contracted through the appraisal management company and then pick up the work with the lender. So, again, like no one should feel ashamed about not understanding how this process works because it really is a black box, you know, for a lot of folks, Amanda. Julian, you mentioned on the radio show um, that the Biden administration, Biden-Harris administration was notified about something like this. Like, is there any penalties for appraisers when they get caught doing something like this or? That's a, a fantastic question. And it's something that we dig into in the documentary as well. I think a lot of folks would agree that the penalties aren't stiff enough. You know, even when you go through all of the really long processes of filing these administrative complaints with the state and federal government and I just want to echo something that a number of the interview subjects told me in the piece. They didn't feel like they were going to be heard. So a lot of them are like, why should I even go through the process? I mean, we know we know what it is when we've been discriminated against. But for so often and and for so long, we aren't listened to. We're like, oh, we're told that's not discrimination. You you just don't understand the process. Right. And kind of get gaslit into believing that what happened didn't really happen or it wasn't discrimination. And so for so many folks, they didn't think that they should even go through the process of filing these complaints. But what you'll see in the documentary is even when people do go that length, they say, I got time and I got the receipts and let me send them in. It doesn't always go their way. You know, they don't have favorable outcomes. Um, Tell me this, Julian, how, just to learn more about you, like how did you get into journalism? Did you always uh, speak in this voice? And... (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to uh, go for a minute. (laughs) And are there any other interests coming up that we can look out for uh, in terms of your documentary focus? Foci? Foci? That would be public. That would be the plural of focus, right? Foci? That's a good question. I should know that, focuses just sounds real cash money baby like hey listen laugh and talk, learn you know what i mean like, <laughs> come, hey, on. come on come on <laughs> so, someone hit us with the uh, instant google search to let us know but uh so yeah you know i i always knew that telling the stories of people who for so often you know we don't get our stories told was a passion of mine i was lucky enough to go to a performing arts uh, magnet school this was public school mind you don't you know this was Where? not a private school? school in pg county maryland uh in oh. thomas g pullen right over by FedEx Field for the folks who might be listening from the DMV. And they had- I also went to a public school that was a, a, a performing arts magnet, so that's why See, I had, like, yes, I get Testaments it. that like an arts education is important and all of our kids in public schools need access to this because we were singing, we were dancing, and then there, you, know, you had to major in something in middle school and they had a media production program. I'm like, let's do that. I'm running around with, you know, you know how big the, the cameras used to be with oh, yes. Betamax tapes and, yes. and 
and the VHS is right. Exactly. You know what it is. First pass in seventh grade. Come on. Couldn't tell you nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was it. And, and, you know, I just continued to follow my passions, my dreams to uh, the U, the University of Miami, where I studied uh, there in undergrad. Majoring in broadcast journalism. DJ Nails, Dick County. Oh, hey, that's what's up. Let's go. Man, love Miami. It's, I try and get back at least once a year. It has such a special place in my heart. Um, and, you know, started telling stories there. And here we are, you know, about a decade and a half later. And I'm, I'm happy to have the platform. I'm honored for folks to entrust me with telling their stories. You know, as Amanda, as you saw in the documentary, this is a really painful experience. Yes. You know, for these folks to go through. Like, people were very, you know what it actually bugged me out, Julian? Not bugged me out, but it was something I hadn't really considered, was the, the emotional turmoil that went on in people realizing that it was simply them as an individual that lowered the value of their home and them equating it to saying, so basically this person is saying that I am lowering the value of my home, me as a black person. And like they took it in a personal way that I just, as an outs- you know, as an outsider watching their story, like didn't even put that together. But then when you realize like folks had to remove themselves from their home and it wasn't just like they took down a couple of pictures nails, like they had to, put stuff in storage like they had to really like move out and then move back in and I just thought to myself I don't know how I would have handled this I know well I do know I would have gone on Instagram um, <laughs> come on. Uh, which is exactly how the story blew up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a, another a famous uh, Amanda Seals rant on IG. But, but, <laughs> but seriously, though, like you said, like it, this, there's this emotional labor, this emotional process of when people realize, like, it's really me. Like, I did this experiment, and it's me of all things. And, you know, to see it happen to the people that it did in the story that we tell in Our America Lowballed, I mean, these are, like, the best of us you know right. and and for it to happen to them it's like what's happening to you know folks who don't have the same access to resources or don't have that friend that can stand in for them and pretend to be Tanisha not yeah. everybody got a Jan yeah. not everybody got a Jan <laughs> come on well, my last question is this uh well I have two more questions but my, my second to last question is um did you find any solutions like did, were there any kind of Efforts that people can make who are about to go through this process that don't include them having to get a Jan, you know, because that's a whole line of work for white women. You know, if you're looking for a new business, if they got appraisers with their own businesses, you could be the white lady for your own business, rent out a white lady for your for your appraisal. Come because on, re- it's re- so it's so consistent. Rentafriend.com or something, mm-hmm. right? No, um, I think that's a great question, and the solutions are uh, still in the works because there's no yeah. short answer to this. And I, I want to answer this question in two ways. The first one being, we have to look at the historical harms of the racism that has been done to our communities, our black and brown communities. Uh, there was never a course correction that happened when these racist housing practices, uh, like again, racial housing covenants and redlining were done away. Still, to this day, the racial home ownership gap in our country, 74% of white people own their own home, but only 44% of black people own their own home. So this disparity is so wide. So I think that's one piece of the puzzle that needs to be looked at. How do we correct the historical harms to put our black and brown folks on the same footing? The other thing is, 
homeowners, folks who are looking to purchase homes, uh, folks who have a property and they're looking to refinance have to be armed with information. And I want to plug the website again, lobalt.abc. If you click on that about page, we put together a step-by-step guide to walk you through the entire process from, I got this appraisal, I think is too low, to what are my rights? How do I Mm, ask for a reconsideration of value, another opinion? How do I get a second appraisal? How do I file with the state, the federal government? How do I file a federal civil rights lawsuit because we have to be armed with that information to know that there are resources out there available. The other thing, there are civil rights, fair housing organizations. This is what they do. They are waiting for your call to let them know what's happening so they can help you file the paperwork. I I know it can be confusing. I know it can be time consuming, but they are there to help you file that paperwork and even represent you if you decide to take it uh, to filing a lawsuit. So um, that's the the really short answer to a really complicated uh, issue. And we talk about some of it, uh, again, in Our America Lowballed. Um, and, and one solution that's being floated by Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California mm-hmm. that I think might get a lot of folks' attention. So check it out mm-hmm. in Our America Lowballed. It might make some folks reconsider how he about what they're the doing to the community. Julia, <laughs> learned about the tease. I was giving too much away. I was giving too much away. Well, Julian, uh, do you have anything else on the, what's what's next on the horizon that you want to teach folks about? Or is there any stories that you feel like uh, are are not being told that you feel like are are Get it, get our, what's the word I'm looking for? Are grabbing your interest as of now? We're working on part two. We're working oh, on part two because nice, obviously nice. there is a lot more that still needs to be done. I, I think I can say it because we just finished shooting the bulk of it, uh, but we just wrapped up a hidden camera investigation. And what oh, happens okay. when you stage the property like a black person lives there and as if a white person lives there, mm-hmm. let's let the hidden cameras and let's let the dollar amounts of what the homes are praised at show us. So uh, I don't I exactly know when that's gonna come out, but we're certainly working on a part two for our America Lowball because there's so much more that needs to be done the fact that there aren't solutions that are in the works right now, trying to correct what is clearly a wrong that is being done to our black and brown communities, we have to continue to hold our elected officials accountable yes. until we see that through. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. And before you leave, Nails, um, yes. I would like to hold us accountable on the plural version of focus. Can you please tell us uh, what it is? Yes, actually, uh, the Latin way of making focus plural is actually foci. You were right. Okay. Come on. Right. Whereas the, the American English way is focuses. Of course, the American yes. English way would sound dumb. Focuses. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, so uh, shout out to Julian, where can people yeah. get more Julian Glover in their life? Hey, if you're in the Bay Area, watch me Monday through Friday on ABC7 News Midday Live, 11 a.m. to noon. That's the show that I anchor. Uh, you can also find more of my work at Julian Glover TV on Twitter and Instagram and Julian G ABC seven on Twitter as well. I really appreciate y'all having me on the show. Thank you. We appreciate you so much and continue to tell these stories. And before you know, we got to let you, you got to throw it up, throw it up. Who it's all about. 
Hey, it's always all about the hey. you. Hey. Let's go, hey. Nails. You leaving me hanging, brother? You leaving me hanging? I gotta see you throw for you, too. I throw it up for you. I'm a gator. I'm a gator. I'm a gator. I'll throw it up for you. Oh, now let me, let me, we gotta wrap now. We gotta go. We gotta go. He said, get it out of here. Thank you, Julian. I appreciate y'all. Y'all make sure to check out ABC's, uh, wait, what's the full title? What's the actual title? Because I've been calling it Lowball, but you had a much more official Listen, no, we, we, we like the shorthand, too. Our America Lowballed. You can find it at lowballed.abc. You can watch it there for free. If you do have Hulu, check us out on Hulu, too. Uh, search for Our America and look for the most recent installment of Our America Lowballed. All right, y'all. That's how we're doing it right here at the Amanda Seals Show. Make sure you educate yourself with Our America Lowball. Thank you, Julian, for joining us. Thursday, Thursday yeah, here on the Amanda yeah, Seals Show. Yeah. It is Nails the and Amanda, Amanda Seals. Seals. Hey, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you for listening to us on the podcast. And if you're listening right here at 100.3 WRMB, 855-AMANDA-8. That's 855-262-6328. Shout out to all the Uber drivers, the Lyft drivers, the taxi drivers, everybody who's having us on. On a daily basis. Let's check in on the phones real quick at 855-AMANDA-8 with Tracy. Good morning. Hi, this is Tracy calling from Philly, and I just wanted you to know that I am really enjoying this show. I watch you every, watch, I wish I could. I listen to your show every morning. I am a Lyft driver, and I'm not going to lie, I used to rotate back and forth from another station, but now... I am totally locked in. I enjoy the show. I love y'all. Keep doing what y'all doing. That's all I gotta say. I used to, but now I don't. We got it locked in. And that has been, that's the goal. That's the goal now is really trying to make sure that folks feel fulfilled for all four hours of us being here. I think I have a name for all of our loyal listeners. We should call them <laughs> SEALs Team. Se- well, you know, I have the SEAL Squad. Oh, let's do that. Because, you know, SEAL's team sounds just a bit too close to, like, an American wing of the military defense. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) But the SEAL squad, I thought you were going to say, are shoddy wops. Ah! Let's do it. Tracy, thank you so much. Drive safely out there in that Uber, okay? And shout out to all of y'all for joining us right here every morning and wherever you are when you listen to the podcast. Hit us up at Amanda Seals, and you can get on the air just like... Like Tracy, uh, hit us up at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. And just so you know, you can get this wherever you get your podcast. You just got to search The Amanda Seal Show. Now, coming up, we got more Black Eyed News. We got The Big Up Let Down. Listen, laugh, and learn. It's The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to The Amanda Seal Show. My name is Amanda Seals, and I'm chilling with the homeboy DJ Nails. Nails, tell me about this lady acting up. Yeah, it was a woman who literally risked it all for a dude. So Ariel Escobar is in her second year as TSU's director of football operations and on-campus recruiting. And I guess she got a little starstruck by Devon Starling. And I understand. I got a Devon in my life. I can. I understand that Devons be Devoning. But he is a TSU junior running back in I guess he must have done a number on her ovaries because she was so turned out that when she saw him with his new girlfriend, she rammed her car into his car in a fit of jealous rage. 
I bust the windows at your car. She took it to another level. Okay? Now, him and the, the girlfriend are like in the car. He told the woman to leave, but she refused. He had to call the cops. The cops come. And then when they come to the parking lot, like, they, you know, he's telling them that she was following him. Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> Ma'am. Now, here's my question What's the craziest thing you have ever done behind some good, good? Uh, <laughs> you asking me this right now? <laughs> I've driven by somebody's house a few times to make sure mm. they were home and make sure that certain visitors were not there. Ah, uh, right. Because I'll leave it, at that. it right. was good. It was good. It was good. I ain't gonna lie. You, but when you say certain visitors, just like people you know. Yeah, yeah. Or was yeah, there yeah, somebody absolutely. that you in your mind were like, "I bet you she like homeboy," and I, I want to see I, if I'm right. You know, I, there there has been a moment in my mind where I'm like, yo, let me drive by and make sure specific person is not popping up over there because I've had this inkling before. But is it like one of your boys? Do you think one of your boys would do that? No, 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 no. Not, not one of my boys. Somebody I would know, but not one of my ah, boys. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think the craziest thing I've ever done. I really feel like the craziest thing I've ever done is deal, bail a fool out of jail. That and, just should have never, never had. was with him. Uh, I mean, I was with him, but I wasn't with him at that time. And I was, uh, it was a pathetic time. It was a pathetic time. You know, players, listen, y'all, as players the saying goes, play it <laughs> too, okay? The kid was slipping, y'all. It was a tough time. It was a tough hey, time, but I'm back. But but thank God for those trials we've been through, you know, because we're, we're, we're good people now because of the stuff we went through in the past. But I ain't never slipped this far, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, you know, always uh, keep in mind that, listen, it's never worth it. Not to this extent. The Big Up Let Down is next right here on The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back right here to The Amanda Seals Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals, joined by... DJ Nails. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. And I once again want to send out my love to the friends and family and everybody who is touched in the loss and the untimely passing of... Twitch, I think um, a lot of us were were just truly shocked because he just seems like such a happy person. But that always reminds us that you never know what people are going through. So let's make our, our business to be as kind and also as compassionate as we can to just even our fellow strangers. Hit us up right here at one eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. And if you are going through a mental health crisis, then you can actually reach out to the Lifeline, which is just three numbers nine. 988. All right? 988 is the lifeline number if you find yourself in a mental health crisis. Nails, what do we got coming up on Friday? Well, coming up on Friday's show, we will have all your black and red news. Plus, Amanda's going to tell you about all the information that she got in the last seven days with things mm-hmm. I learned this week. Can I do this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to do it? My phone, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone. I'm going to do it like you. Okay. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Enjoy the rest of your day, y'all. I hope that it is a bright and beautiful one. Make sure to check us out on all social media at Seal Set It to follow us and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe and download our podcast uh, at The Amanda Seal Show, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. Catch y'all tomorrow. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up.
Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.